Hello, and welcome to the Creative Playing Podcast Network. Join us as we get to share some great convention panels we were able to attend at CocoCon 2019 up in Phoenix, Arizona. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, assigned to Ragnarok Story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. And the more we learn about the Victorian era and something that, that you said earlier, it, it wasn't all very nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, we had all the exploration and we were, we were discovering all these places on the map and filling them in and, and you know, great strides through in industry and creating these wonderful gadgets. And isn't it wonderful? We should all go back there and it's great. And then we suddenly realized that we had, you know, 12-year-old boys going up chimneys and dying horribly and all sorts of inequality and horrible stuff happening. It was some truly outrageous stuff happening. So I think we, we're trying to address that. And as society changes, I think we're changing what how we react to that. Uh, I think things like the Me Too movement and I mean, even even uh, the Worldcon, we've just renamed the, the John W. Yep. Campbell Award because we've realized that, you know, maybe he was mad. Yes, he did amazing things, uh, sort of astounding things, I should say, and, and contributed massively to the genre, but maybe he wasn't quite all there. He, he, he believed things that really don't fit with, with now. And even in his time were considered controversial and oh, very crude yes. and bigoted, yes. Yeah, I mean, even as late as the 60s, he, he believed in slavery. You know, we don't really like that. Maybe we, we should change the name. So they did. And I think in Steampunk we see that with Victorian era. We look back and we keep finding new things that we don't like and, and we start to change them. You know, let's, let's, let's see what the Victorian era would have been like had people changed that then. Uh, so I think, you know, that's going to keep us busy for the next hundred years. <laughs> We're all gone and our grandkids start to reinvent Steampunk. And I, there's endless potential there. Oh yeah. Oh, and that was exactly where I was. I was headed. Uh, just to to uh, jump on on what Hal was saying. Um, where did we go wrong, and what can we do to fix it? And what makes steampunk so exciting to me, and I think to I think to a number of people, is the fact that we can do that through the science and and the society. Um, there were a lot of interesting scientific discoveries that were left by the wayside that could have been pursued. And I think the same thing holds 100% to the social aspect. Uh, you know, what if, what if uh, you know, uh, the Europeans stood up at the end of the 1800s and said, no, all men are created equal. And that's the way we're going to move forward. Imagine if the entire world got behind. And, and that's some notes. Is steampunk dead? Absolutely not. And it is because of what these people have been saying. 
there is no single definition. It is up to our imagination. And that's what gives it its power, because you can't kill an idea. Good answer. Can't kill an idea. Now, now, Madam has a habit of answering the question I haven't asked yet, so... <laughs> Sorry? Every time, every time. You are so good at that. Um, so you sort of touched on this, uh, but Carnival Row is coming out. If, if you don't know about it, look it up. It looks fantastic. It may be terrible, but we will find out soon. Um, you mentioned, I think it was you mentioned that, that Steampunk is contracting as a scene. I think you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. But are we just one Carnival Row or one Justin Bieber or one Hot Topic away from it being mainstream again and suddenly everybody's going to jump on it and it's huge? Or are we going to carry on being this little subculture that's happy in who we are and, and we'll do our thing safely away from all those normal people? <laughs> that's, that's a really good question. And I think every... Every recreationist, for lack of a better term, group has gone through that. Um, the Society of Creative Anachronism, as huge as it is, still draws the raised eyebrow from, uh, in, from the mundane. Um, I read a fantastic article. It's completely batshit insane, but it was a fascinating <laughs> article that, that just came out, and apparently the SCA is all about uh, degenerate orgies. That's, that's all it is. There's nothing else that happens at all. What? I, I didn't go to the right event. Apparently. <laughs> I have to send you this. It's, it's great. <laughs> I'm not sure to follow that. Yep. Um, <laughs> always happy to throw it's, you under, under the bus. It's a flummox. <laughs> There's a flummox. <laughs> but the, uh, the brilliance of, of steampunks, for, for those of us that truly enjoy the aesthetic. Um, I wear this to work. <laughs> I work for the Bank of America. They're a little conservative. <laughs> My boss thinks I look fantastic. Because um, you do. <laughs> it's true. And it, it's truth is true. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's amazing how much uh, people don't bat an eye. Because I know you go to work kilted. Yes, I work for Wells Fargo, so I work for a bank too, and I go to work <laughs> like this in a kilt and all of that. Uh, though mostly I work from home, so I don't have quite the same effect. Have you converted people? Are there other people in the bank now with handlebar massages um, and kilts? And there's one more handlebar, and, and I was asked where I got this particular kilt because it's denim. And I had to explain. You had to explain, come Here. to the panel of CocoCon on <laughs> yes. Sunday, is it? Um, no, no, it's Today? Uh, next one. Oh, oh the next one, yeah, stick around to learn how to do the denim kilts. Yes. And so um, that, that's been the most fun for me. Like, what do you call this? And I was like, my closet. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and I, I think that's, again, that's the strength. So you're going to convert people one at a time. One at a time. You don't see this being one just something like a carnival row no, happening. No, and suddenly no. everybody's. I would love to see the carnival row explosion, but I, but I, in my own life, I've seen the one pebble. <laughs> if I only get one or two, that, that's fine. Well, I think that's the difference between a popularity explosion and an identity explosion. There are those that would consider themselves. I am oh, a good. steampunk, or this is my lifestyle, or this is something that I do. I am an author, and I am. I work for a bank, and I'm a steampunk, right? And 
you're always going to have fans that are like, I, I love Carnival Row, and so now I'm interested. Now I'm going to go to these events. Now I'm going to dress in this class. I'm going to have these things, but might not adopt the identity mm-hmm. of the aesthetic. And then that will fade, but there will be others who, through this introduction, will come and stay. Congratulations on answering my next question before Madam had a chance. Beth, you probably introduced steampunk to more people than anybody else on this panel, I'm sure, by a factor of a heck of a lot. Um, have you converted people? I, I have had people who have discovered steampunk or discovered they like steampunk because of my books, especially Clockwork Dagger. Because and I've seen it described as, and kind of adopted people have described it as Agatha Christie meets Final Fantasy. Yeah. All right. And oh, and that, like that seems like a pretty good hook line, so I've, I've adopted that for myself. And I think there's definitely potential for it to go mainstream. I know one thing that is often mourned within the steampunk community is that in America there has yet to be a really good steampunk movie. Yes. Hollywood oh, yes. likes to to have a little dalliance with the imagery every so often, but the movies don't quite come together. <laughs> and you can, you know, cite things like, you know, Wild Wild, you know, West. You know, go go back to like the old original the, shows, the show, not the yes. not the Will Smith movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, th- that doesn't exist. That's not that's another timeline. Yeah. But you you. It, we don't have a, a really shiny example where we can say this is a beautiful steampunk movie. There's some anime that do it very well, yes. but they're not mainstream. Yeah. So I think if something like that hit and if that caused a fashion ripple effect, I think we would see steampunk go more into that. And I would like, I think as a man, you probably it's probably easier for you to wear that at work. Yeah. A woman would have a much harder time and would stand out far more. I do agree that a woman would have a lot harder time wearing a hat. <laughs> you know, I'll, there are a number of women who wish they could, and it would save them a lot of worry and hassle. It would, it would. Um, I will add, uh, I, for anybody that was at my Apocalypse Later Roadshow here last night, I screened a film called The Nino, which is an absolutely amazing film. I recommend you find it online and watch it. It's genius. Uh, and it's a, a sort of a steampunk film. It, it goes back to the Victorian era that... that, that I'd say cryptozoologists, but they're not. They're just zoologists. They're trying to find these strange creatures that are mythical, and uh, you know they believe they're real, and they, they find them. And it's it's very steampunk in its in its aesthetic, and it's a half hour short. It looks just incredible. Check it out. But the reason I mention it is Hollywood has optioned it as a uh, not option. They've signed the contract to make it. It's gone beyond option um, to make it into a feature. Oh, okay. oh, wonderful! And, and that's, it's an odd decision. I, I love the film; it's wonderful. But it, it, it's uh, how it's long is it in its current form? Current form, thirty minutes. Okay. Uh, it was done as part one of a web series, uh, but now it's going to be a feature. Um, and the th- the thing is, it's it's partly in Japanese because uh, the Ningyo is a mythical Japanese mermaid. You eat the flesh; it makes you immortal, but it's cursed. You know that that sort of story. Um, it's not what Hollywood normally does. It's really not what Hollywood normally does. So I'm really interested to see what they do with it, but if, if it comes out right, and the, the guy that started it all is the guy that's going to write the, the film, um, you know, maybe that could make the difference. Okay. Uh, so, you know, fingers crossed on that, and, and check out the Nino. Which um, is interesting, because last night on the Twisted Tropes, we were talking about how mermaids were going to be having a resurgence mm-hmm. coming up, so that actually ties into that. 
Yeah, generally mermaids should have resurgence without being eaten. I, I should, should point that but, out, just know, in case anybody was wondering. But yeah, but I have <laughs> seen that done before. The I forget her name. Uh, I think it's Takahashi, the the woman who did Run My Half. Yeah, anime. Yes. Yeah, yeah, in the manga. She also had a series yes. that drew on that. Yeah, Mermaid, Mermaid, Scar, Mermaid Scar, Mermaid Forest. I have a couple of the old manga. And it's very good. Definitely yeah, goes anime. Yeah, it's fantastic. So I'm glad that that's being explored more because it's really good anime. Oh, that is good news. So I, I always do hope that there will be something really keen and interesting produced by Hollywoods or some big you know, producer of media. And I have been sad about the contraction, particularly of the literature, because as you were saying, I didn't know that. I, I don't work in publishing. I just consume all the books. But I've run a steampunk book club for seven or eight years now. And it is every year harder to put together a reading list. And, and right now, I think you'll, I think going into next year, you will have an even harder time finding new releases. Oh, yes. It took me six months to put the reading list together for this year. And The real irony is that steampunk is a literary genre. While we look mm -hmm. at it Jules rather Byron. than read it, we look at the... I mean, look at everybody here. You know, it's a, it's a visual thing, but it started as literature. Yeah. Um, yeah. So these days, I make my, my net just very wide um, when I'm pulling and next year's theme for book club is steampunk adjacent because yes, already looking, it's very challenging to put together the well, reads. And on this next week, we're talking on Skype, aren't we? Yes, we are. Yes. Yes. Yes, because we're reading Beth's book. Um, we've read we've read you a couple of times mm -hmm. and it's been a joy. Uh, we increasingly go back to authors that we love who have series in the first few years, we never repeated because there was so much to pull from. Now, most of the steampunk reads are definitely indie publishers or, or independents. So it's very tricksy. Um, but I've heard good things about Carnival Row. I've heard the first two episodes a little slow and it picks up. And my approach then is that yes, maybe we'll get some new people, but the most important thing is to be open to welcoming them. Mm -hmm. So there's a thing that happens yeah. in some communities where they get a little bit, you know, insular and ossified, and they're like, new people? No! Oh, gatekeeping. Yes, yeah, the that, worst. That's one I desperately wanted to attend. Yeah, so I run a social group in Tucson, the Tucson Steampunk Society, with a board of people, which I've been doing that for, I think, nine years now. And we always try and keep an open space. Um, you know, new membership has gone down in the last couple of years. I see the contraction at many levels, but I never want to be that person who's like, well, let's just close ranks and not worry about welcoming new people. I, I would like that welcome to always be there. Well, and we, we look at that welcoming and... You know, Kristen and I started 12, 13 years ago in steampunk. I mean, that was our first introduction was Wild West Part 1, and really my looking at steampunk was, ooh, Will Smith and, you know, Wild, Wild West. Like, you know, I mean, that's that's pretty and much what that I had, had to been go off the, of. Well, that's not really steampunk, or that's just terrible steampunk. You can't be included because you like that. Some people actually feel that way. Yeah. And, um, that's, and that's you know, sad. And, that, and then we quickly, you know, jumped on the correct trains and, you know, <laughs> met other people and expounded our bounds and, and came in. And so, yes, definitely have that 
open door and and uh, we always put uh, I, I teach for a living and so I have lots of posters of the different cons coming up and stuff and kids are always like what's this <laughs> well, steampunk oh my sister reads those books really you should let her know that she should come talk to me she doesn't believe you okay okay that's fine <laughs> <laughs> okay. you know but being that welcoming person in very much so was what we experienced on our first con of yes come you know come and do this you know that's when the bros brothers started yeah. off oh. that's when you know red fork emperor was there and was like let me show you around let me mm. introduce you to people let me you know I, I, we were in jeans and t-shirt walking around with name tags on and like Ooh, what is this you know it was phenomenal and to be able to help that with you know everybody else that's new coming into it i, I think that's where the joy is really yeah and just to add with the raising voices i think one of the tragedies about the timing of this decline in steampunk literature is that it was, you know, through the first years, and the major names still are very dominated by white-skinned people. And it was at a point just in, like, the past two years where you were starting to get other voices from around the world being like, Nissy Shaw with Everfair out of Africa, and you were getting all kinds of Asian steampunk. There's a fantastic mm -hmm. anthology of um, Asian steampunk called The Sea is Ours. <laughs> You have all of these really <laughs> neat voices coming in right at the time when steampunk is being declared dead. Yes. And isn't that a tragedy? Is that a coincidence? Is there is there a political I, well, part I, of that I as think, well? I think leading into it, there was definitely a political part where they were people weren't willing to take a risk on you know minority or more of an ethnic approach until the very end, sadly. Which it's does, it's not sad. it's just not and it's not fair to those authors. At all, and then it makes you think how many other authors didn't get a chance to be seen at all in the early years because of that. So I think if still seek out those books and you know share those voices because it's not just about us speaking up; it's about us trying to lift up other people yeah. too. And because I mean, look at us. I mean, we're we're definitely a certain demographic out here. We are. This leads to the the question of boundaries, and, and if we define steampunk in a certain way, and of course we've completely already refuted the purists who say, well, Beth, clearly all your books are, are obviously about old aristocratic white gentlemen in London, <laughs> in the Victorian era between 1837 and 1901. Have you ever thought of exploring different characters? You know, different different ethnicities, different genders. I mean, have you thought of going there at all? And expanding those boundaries in steampunk? <laughs> That was one of the questions. I've actually, had, I've never had anyone try and uh, to, certainly not to my face say that I have, uh, you know. No, you that completely haven't. Um, but you've but pushed I did, the I boundaries. Did, and well, and I did have people say that the, the day my Clockwork Air came out, my first book, it had a review in uh, Entertainment Weekly, mm -hmm. and a comment. There were very few comments on, of course, debut book. I'm going to actually read the comments. Hmm. One of the comments: Oh, steampunk is dead. Because yeah. Entertainment Weekly, you know, is covering it. Right, right. Well, where, where I'm going with this is um, the, the thinking is that because you completely didn't go to that yeah. demographic oh, yeah. at all. I um, yeah, London's not even, a, you know, there right. at all. Or, yeah. or, You're or in a fantasy world with, yeah, I mean, with magic and all that stuff. So you yeah. completely didn't go there. But does that mean that people are going to look at it and say, well, that isn't Steampunk? 
Because this and is what steampunk is. You're doing something yeah. else. You push those boundaries. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, do, are we are we expanding steampunk? Well, and the, and you know, there would I think there would be some bigotry there. I mean, my second series, beginning with Breath of Earth, has Ingrid on the cover, and she is a brown-skinned woman. And I would bet you that there would be there were probably people who did not pick it up because it was a brown-skinned woman on the cover. I, I will guarantee you that I probably lost some sales because of that. And you know what? I don't miss those people. Because I I don't want that. I, I'm yeah. sure you get lots no. of feedback from, from fans. How many people did pick it up because it was a brown-skinned woman? And a lot. Oh, wow. Yeah, a lot of people. Well, and this the, stuff exists. This is wonderful. And the covers were gorgeous, which they helped were. a lot. Yeah. Because Jean, Jean yes. Mollica did the covers and did the photography and the, and the model shots. I mean, it's just everything. I mean, so that I think you know, a beautiful cover helps, but you're never going to please all the people, and I don't want to please some people. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, no, like like the, the poor boys who were so upset with uh, with Fury Road. Oh, oh, they've <laughs> taken they've taken over our movie series. Mm -hmm. And they do that, and now every single remake and all that, you hear that same thing again. Mm -hmm. They're blaming it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you've ruined my childhood. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's the popular refrain. So, so where's where's next? I mean, Beth's taking steampunk in all these different directions, which is wonderful. Read her books; they're amazing. Oh, I was just so where, going to say, if you have not read them, they are so good. And the Steampunk Book Club in Tucson all agrees they are steampunk. Yes, in a big way. Yes, and, and Duncan has them in the dealer room. They're so good. The one thing I've never been able to understand um, is that the the hard line that it's like, oh, that's not steampunk, that's diesel punk, or mm -hmm. that's not steampunk, it's it's soak punk, um, <laughs> and why do these divisions exist? Uh, it 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 does it does baffle me, and can, can, I, I'm not always able to ask that question. Can I jump in? I have, a, I have an opinion that is very strong. You? I know. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> so I, I really detest that habit of people. Anytime someone does something inventive in steampunk and pushes the boundary, someone is always like, oh, well, that's, that's not steampunk, it's X. I'm like, no, darling. It's still steampunk. Like, it's steampunk that's not in... London or El Paso, and I like both of those places. And, but there, and there are people who think that for it to be real steampunk, it must be in England. That's true. Uh, real steampunk. Yeah. Yes, authentic. Steampunk. Fresh off the truck from the airship to... Lori. Yeah, well, well it's with Americans. <laughs> the Americans, what do they Turn know? The truck. Um, but yeah, it's fresh off the airship to the port. It has to be brought in. You know, free-range, grass-fed steampunk. Very authentic. I, I like how some some uh, some writers, uh, not you, um, <laughs> but some, some writers have, have decided that because steampunk has to be Victorian, but they want to do it in a different time, they'll just find a way to keep Queen Victoria alive. Right? So now she's 374, she's in a fat, she can't move, but it means that it's steampunk. I actually encountered a theme... For a while, when I was reading steampunk books of robotic Queen Victorias, mm -hmm. I, it's like this is a thing. <laughs> it's its own genre. Do it's you like remember that one where she was like also sort of a lizard person? Like they'd reanimated her and made her a lizard. Oh, I remember that. Yes, oh my. yes, yeah, I read that one. Yeah, yeah. Re 
you are not amused. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> that was like, they were, it was like, those are aliens from the moon. Yes. Yes. I get, which one's this? I gotta read this. Um, it, was in a, it was in a, a set that was like three novellas. Oh my gosh, I can see the cover. Yeah. See, that it was a smaller <coughs> press. It was. And was it the jet with the Italian last name? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I have it I on my I shelf. I need to create a reading list later. <laughs> I, I do have a reading this. list of oh, Goodreads of everything we've read for book club. So there's that. That, was, that, that one was a little weird for my personal taste. It's very odd. Yeah. I did not take it to book club. <laughs> here's, here's my but hope. it's memorable. It is. Clearly. That's a word. I, long before I discovered steampunk, I discovered heavy metal, um, as I'm sure you are very surprised. Um, back in the 80s, you had all these different factions, if you can call them that. You could be black metal-y, death metal-y, thrash metal, and they grew, you, you, then, you, then each of them split. So you could be, you know, uh, slamming brutal death metal, or, or you could be melodic death metal, and then it just kept on going, it kept on going. and. A lot of these kept separate. So if you were into black metal, you couldn't be into death metal because that's just wrong, and vice versa. And I'm, it's, it's all fixed. In, in 2019, nobody cares anymore, and people are taking bits of this and bits of that, bits of that one that I haven't even heard of, and putting them all together and creating something new. And it's a really vibrant scene right now. And I'm wondering if we can get there with steampunk. So we can get the guys, you know, the, the people bringing in magic, mm-hmm. which is, you know, some people would see as, oh, steampunk's dead. We've now got magic, you know. Yep. Uh, it has to be we, science fiction and only science fiction. Right. And, and Clearly they got, haven't read Martha Wells' Death of a Necromancer then. <laughs> but you've got all these different factions that, that you can't belong to more than one, right? You've got to be in, in one only. And I think, I, I'm hoping that we can see that merging. So we can, we can have I'm seeing bits that. from uh, everything. I certainly am seeing that, especially in the local Western area where... We are accepting the magic, and we're accepting the science, and we're accepting, I think, we're starting to move beyond just the, the definition about struggling with this is this is Rococo punk, and this is silk punk, and this is steampunk, and this is diesel punk. I think those are words are important, and that maybe can inform your specific interest in the scene, but I certainly think we are seeing that all being encompassed under the... Well, and, and we the steam. The way to really, I mean, that it's really there is if you look at, you know, steampunk music. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, you there isn't just one <laughs> genre of steampunk music, despite what Robert might say. Right. You know, <laughs> um, but the the uh, the music of it is all over the place. I mean, one of my favorite bands to have come out uh, was uh, Dry River Yacht Club. They were great. You know, that was a phenomenal concert that they put on for us. But, you know, that's more diesel punk. You know, more of the swing style music. But we had them in the steampunk, you know. Like, hey, it's there. There's that wide genre. And so you're going to find all of those punks in one place. Why not embrace it? And, And we have a certain advantage here in Arizona as weird west punks because if, if you don't travel to a lot of conventions there's there's a very strange east coast versus west coast <laughs> thing it's like we're steampunks not rappers but apparently yep. it, it, it matters not and, and the line in the sand is drawn and we're the only ones that get to go to both coasts we're like oh they're from Arizona they can do that wow <laughs> they're like, 
Uh, He's not Steampunk six gun? No, that's good. You're from Arizona. It's fine. Yeah, I, I, I've seen it. I mean, we've all seen this, I think. It's, it's very, very obvious when you start moving outside Arizona. Uh, it's very obvious. Uh, the East Coast, to, to throw out a, an unfair generalization, see themselves, I think, as gatekeepers. Or a certain group of the East Coast people see themselves as gatekeepers. So they're defining the genre, and, and you know, it's what they say it is. Oh, and, nice um, oh, yeah, it's <laughs> and, uh, and out here, it's, it's bless your heart. You know, Jared, Jared, Jared is Wild West steampunk, right? It's uh, and that's fine. And here it makes sense because the Wild West was real here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it wasn't just stories in a penny dread. It was it was something that happened, and it wasn't that long ago. Uh, and the ramifications are still here. We still have the desert. We still have all this iconography, and we can do this. And you do, and, yeah. and many others do. And um, you know, if you haven't been to Wild Wild West, come that you know many of us work. It's in a Wild West town, uh, yes, Tucson come. Studios. You know, it's the best location for an event ever because it's total immersion. Everywhere you look is a photo op. Yeah, but you will bring dirt home. Oh yeah. yes. Yeah. But, but we Wear take this attitude. Shoes. The Wild West attitude was well, I don't care what you say. I'm going to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. And if you disagree with me, I might shoot you. And what is more steampunk than a brass Gatling gun? Right. There isn't, and we had them. <laughs> Those are ours. <laughs> so we, we take this, I think, elsewhere. And, and I, I know, madam, you've traveled to many steampunk conventions. How, how have you done with, with taking this Wild West mentality to... Tesla Khan and Steampunk's World Fair or wherever your travels have taken you. It helps to pretend to be English. You can go everywhere. <laughs> oh, I don't have to pretend. All right, so see, you've already got it. Just go and be English. No, um, you know, I've seen that divide too and I, I, I know what you mean about a certain segment of the population on the East Coast has uh, sort of dubbed themselves the the arbiters of what is or isn't steampunk. I see less of them, though, and they seem to be very disenchanted, unhappy, one might say even. I have suspicions um, as to why. I think it's an unhappy position to be in where you're cutting people out of the fun, get more and more isolated. And, so, and, and when there's people laughing at you for doing it. Yes, I, you, and ignoring You, you just take their power. Right, that part too. So... Um, I do find a distinct difference between the West Coast approach and the East Coast approach, and I find a difference between the Canadians and the New Zealanders. I haven't gotten to go, but I met them, and they're lovely. They bring sort of the Wild West spirits in their own vein, but they're like, oh, we do what we want, and it's fun. <laughs> we have fun. I'm like, They Great. do keep Queen Victoria alive, though. But that's true. I'm excited about that. And also sheep. They love their sheep, and I'm... <laughs> Keen on hey sheep, so we're, not, we're not all like the Welsh. Oh. Well, I mean, just sheep friends. Sometimes you need to go speak to the sheep. Anyway, it's off topic. So yes, um, part, chop, of, chop. part of it is oh. just oh. 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 Bravo! Well played, Miss Kate. Steampunk is a punked genre. 
understand that punked means you take something, you mess around with it. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard for me to imagine that you can keep those boundaries up because the whole punked mentality is you, you, you find the boundaries and you destroy them. So, but um, people are very good at missing the point. They are very good at missing the point. There was a point? Uh, there was a point. Um, yes, yeah, so, uh, how did Drax say it? I, I never miss the point. I would reach up and catch it before it flies over my head. And, yes. Um, yeah, people miss the point. It's crazy, especially on the East Coast. Um, <laughs> this is, is this going online too? <laughs> I love how we're being isolationist here and saying, well, we've got it right, they've got it wrong by saying that they've got it right. But we accept everybody. We do. But we're not missing the point. But it's true that Arizona does really welcome everyone. And Wild West Con is an international draw. So once a year at Old Tucson, people come from everywhere. We've had guests from New Zealand, Australia, Germany, Italy, England, Canada, Scotland, Japan... Uh, have we had Russians? I don't know. Russia seems to still have a very vibrant steampunk community, but I don't read or speak Russian. The Italian community is going strong. There's a group in Mexico. It would be great to reach out to them because they're vibrant too. So, like, steampunk is alive and well socially, culturally, in some pockets of the globe, and they come here for Wild Wild Westcon. So we have got that part right. I don't know if the Russians have been here, but I know the lady who directed Corset, uh, which is uh, the most sumptuous costumes you've ever seen in a steampunk film, a uh, Russian short film, uh, she came to San Diego, so she's definitely been over here. Um, but I'm not sure she's ever got to Arizona. It would be great to, to have her here, especially when she gets the next one done. We should bring her. We should. Uh, we should talk to the management. We should. Somebody <laughs> should send in we should we should do that, Hal. We should send an email. We should we should make that happen. Even though they're very distant and never want to talk to us. Entertainment at steampunkaz.com. <laughs> um, okay, let's let's try and get this back on track. So um, so if we're if we're happy to uh, if we're happy to expand all these boundaries, are we are we going away from simplicity? Uh, do we miss yes. the, the simple Yes, album? that's a Victorian. Yes. We want the, the beautiful little details, and we want these little fun things that we can just dig into and burrow and have beautiful, oh, just the aesthetic, the things that look at. And so, no, steampunk is never going to be a simple thing you, because there's not, there's not a clear-cut definition, and what would be the point? We want to have everything want to bring that in and we want to have things that we can look at and explore I don't think we're ever going to have a simple definition of steampunk and that would be sad if we were to get there a, a chemise is a dress and looks perfectly nice belted with nothing more than, than a simple vest and then you have Madame Askew <laughs> <laughs> it's a dress there there's nothing chemise. simple about it <laughs> somewhere like about five layers deep <laughs> If we wanted it simple, we wouldn't be steampunk. Right, right. No, I like that, actually. It makes me think that, you know, a very modernist standpoint is form follows function. Steampunk is definitely very 19th century in that. <laughs> we threw that out. No, function follows form. Like, I'll make a thing and then I'll tell you what it does. But it'll be Hopefully really I remember cool. the pocket. Right. Mm -hmm. What's next? Because we're running out of time. Oh. 
This battle always goes so, so fast. What's what's next for Steampunk and what's next for you? Well, so mm. I think because I focus so heavily on tea and time travel, the party for me is never ending and mm. I branch out to new things. So for me, I focus a lot on teaching and I'm still traveling, which I love, but definitely my participation is changing a bit in that I'm teaching more and doing fewer commissions. And I really love the teaching. I find it empowering. Um, and I think what's next for Steampunk is that maybe the last group of organizers are just burned out and we need some fresh people to reinvigorate what's going on and have a ripple effect. Jared, fresh face. <laughs> I did shave this morning. No pressure. Um, the next steps for me is, well, to nail down our entertainers for Wild Wild West Con. Um, to, uh, to bring you a great show for Wild Wild West Con. Please come. Please. It'll be phenomenal. We have lots of great things planned. And we've told you where it is. We haven't told you when yes. it is. When is it? So it's, it's, the, uh, it's the first full, let me make sure I get it. March. March. It's in March. It's uh, it's, it's on your birthday. birthday. It is. No, it's the 5th through the 8th is when uh, when it will be. Um, and that's all that I can tell you about right now. <laughs> Early nights. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's the 5th through the 8th. We will be having a big thing on Thursday. You know, normally it's just like, a, hey, come to your hotel room. You know, come and do these things. We want it to be grandeur. So... So we will be involved on Thursday as well, Thursday evening um, through Sunday. And then, uh, you know, we learned our fourth year to stay till Monday. And then that's when you pack up and go and not, you know, pack everything in your car on Sunday. So, you know, get your hotel, you know, Wednesday through Monday is what I mean. Um, because it is that big. It is that immersive. Um, so in doing that and between, you know, child and job and everything else in life um it's that it's you know wanting to know what you want to see wanting to know what um uh what's new and different um you know we're looking forward to doing you know more parties and more events as we become more you know in, immersed into the community we're planning um, on going to new zealand in 2020 and so 2021 <laughs> and so looking forward and seeing what can we how can how can we share the Arizona side of things to the other places that we go yeah. and again the theme this year is the magic and mystery and so how can I take the other genres that I already fantasy and literary and, um, and movies and all things, how can I take the other magical side of things that I like and how do I slap a corset and some gears on it and make it really sing as steampunk very much so so Beth, as uh, somebody who is clearly magic and mystery and steampunk and could <coughs> totally be on your entertainment list for Wild Wild West Con, <laughs> what's next for you? Well, uh, not steampunk books, unfortunately, <laughs> because of the market as it is. But um, I'm still writing, still trying to have stuff go out there, and I'm always post. I'm very active on social media, on my website, everything's current on there, so you can still follow my other short stories and poetry. And then I would just say, keep reading and encouraging the steampunk authors that are out there. Um, I, I know 
Gail Carriger is still putting out lots of, you know, really good books right now. But look at other authors, too, and help them out. And ask your local libraries to carry these authors, too. And help them out. And steampunk, it, I mean, traditional publishing, everything comes. It's like fashion or anything else. It'll come back around, give it a couple of years, give it the right big book, and all mm -hmm. of a sudden everyone's going to want it again. That's all it'll take. It's just patience. But in the meantime, there are lots of good books out there to look. How about you? What's the next for you? Really, for me, it's it's bridge building. Uh, I, I, as I said, it, it's something of, of a personal affront that someone could say that's not steampunk, um, and it is the people that are coming out. It is folks like Professor Spark. Look at this, um, uh, and bringing in a little more of the of the visceral science. Um, because the very idea of the, that delineation, especially here in Arizona, as I said, it's like, that's diesel pump. That's a train. Gee, when were trains cold. invented? <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and it was Professor Elemental uh, a few years ago when he was like, could you even think of a, of a better location than Old Tucson Studios. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And because it is a truly immersive uh, uh, environment and a great time. I have never had anything less than a stellar time. So if you have not gone, please do. And, uh, and we welcome you with open arms, whether you've been doing this for a decade or whether you, this is your very first convention. The, one of the greatest things about the Steampunk community, um, which everyone on this panel represents, is we will answer all of your questions. And if we can't, we'll find Madame Askew. I mean, uh, <laughs> perfect lead in, perfect lead in because we have about four or five minutes left. So we can attempt to answer all your questions in those four or five minutes. Anybody got any questions in the audience? I, I have to say something about the Sure. Uh, <laughs> you have a conversation, yes. It'll go for three hours. It's, it's very true. Last year we had 5,000 attendees over the uh, course of a weekend. And I think that put us over the top, didn't it, officially? Yes, that did put us at the top for the U.S. Yeah, it's not one room. It's it's an entire Wild West town, so it's very spread out. Well, uh, you will need to, to, to move a lot, um, but yeah, it never feels crowded. Yeah, it, uh, it because it's Old Tucson Studios, we still have their guests attending as well, so that does count their numbers of people that did come in, um, but, uh, but those members also buy passes to come to the con as well, so you'll still see people in plain clothes walking around with badges on experiencing it and um, and we we have many people who come and just say I just come and enjoy all your costumes and that's fun for me and it's like yeah I that's fine I'd love to look some faces of grandma and grandpa from the UP <laughs> going um what's uh, happening here yep. that's not John Wayne um, any other questions we have no other questions so uh, I, 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 oh, we do 
That was a good episode. because the arm that Castle wears is made by Thomas Wilford. He, mm-hmm. He's at Wilder Westcom pretty much every year uh, and usually has the arm with him. He still has it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. yes, he does. And that, that episode made me think of Spider Robinson's uh, Callahan's Cross Time Saloon. Where is that club? Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Let's just make it. We should just make it. That's what we do. You got a question, Connie? Yes, I'm interested in the... Racing? Racing and other yeah. clever new ideas and adjacent and part of the steampunk community. Um, there must be new wonderful things around that are happening, that are interactive, that are fun. Hobby horse dressage. Hobby horse dressage is the next big oh. thing. Yes. Wow, this is new to me. It's big in Scandinavia. We're going to get it here. Well, and compliment, compliment dueling, I think, would definitely compliment qualify. Dueling. That yeah. was a great That's right. We have such a good time with that. And we do generally host at least one tourney at Wild Wild West Con and other places where we can. I think we're doing it at TestaCon this year as well. There is, there is, uh, there is not, unfortunately. Yeah. But there is a publication. What's it called? Steampunk Explorer, is it? I think that's the one. Yeah. Uh, Steampunk Explorer is online, uh, and it's as close as you're going to get okay. to a general all things steampunk okay. newsletter. Also, yeah. the Airship Ambassador when sometimes has some good updates about. He, yeah, happening. he has lots of good information. He's lovely. Yeah. Yeah, with him, he, yes, he does. But a lot of his links, he's very ambitious with what he lists, and the bigger the <coughs> scope, the more those links go out of date. Ah, so you'll find a lot of things know. won't work anymore. But that's not his fault. Right. Right. The internet sure. changes. Yeah. Internet changes. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, both of those would be would be good places to start. And uh, when I actually build my uh, Count Chaos website, at some point I will absolutely have some of that thing, some of that stuff for you. But it's not there yet, so uh, sorry. Wonderful. Let us know what we can be helping. Absolutely would. I have a hand. Yes. Yes. Every year, unless splendid, splendid teapot racing. Unless you know the Grand Arbiter and I are not. On the entertainment list, we can neither confirm nor deny. We know who to uh, who to accost. So, but uh, we have. But no, sorry, <laughs> I'm teasing my friends here. Um, so uh, we do tea dueling and teapot racing and compliment dueling at Wild Wild West Con. Uh, we do one teapot racing tourney. Um, I would not say I'm a resource for all of the steampunk games. In the world, and I don't like to toot my own horn too much, but I do generally keep up what's happening. So it's like the Harvey Horse dressage. I've been watching that for about two years, 
trying to figure out how and when we can bring it um, because of course the arbiter and I want to bring it and I now have a small stable of hobby horses at home which is <laughs> absolutely true <laughs> so I just I want people to make riding habits into uh, hobby horse dressage oh, in the worst wow. way I'm going to have to cut it off because I know we are out of time Sorry. thank Sorry. you all for coming and uh, you know come to all these other things and follow all of these wonderful people and enjoy the rest of your convention Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. And feel free to enjoy our other shows, such as D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition and Scion Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion hero to Ragnarok story. Thank you for listening.